Redemption, I just want to introduce you to Cliff and Miranda. These are some missionaries who serve with the IMB uh, in, in uh, South Asia. And I'm, I'm particularly excited uh, for you guys to get to know them. I've gotten to know them over the last uh, number of months and uh, our paths have crossed by God's grace. And so just want to give you guys a chance to get to know them. And so first, uh, Cliff and Miranda, just want to ask you if you could just explain a little bit about your family and what led you to do missions work uh, in, in South Asia. Yeah, so we're Cliff and Miranda, and we have two kids. We have Roman, who's four, and Chloe, who's two. Um, both of them were born overseas, uh, which is kind of a longer story in itself, but, uh, they're awesome kids. Um, uh, right now they're with my mom watching Frozen. Um, but we actually met in India, um, and we, we served there, uh, as single people. Um, and the Lord led us there initially just because of the vast lostness um, in, in South Asia and me in particular, I was really drawn to South Asia. Um, they have a map, like a world map of, it's called like the state of lostness in the world map. And it's got green dots for like reached places and red dots and orange dots and yellow dots for less reached places. And South Asia is this like big red and yellow blob on the map. And uh, I was just called to, to the work and in my, in my mind, just like feeling a burden for like, for that place. Like, man, if I'm going to give my life to something, like, I feel like I could, the Lord could use me in that place. And so. Um, so Cliff, if I could follow up when you, when yeah. you mentioned the term, like unreached, help people understand, like, how did that, how is that quantified on a, on a map like that? And. You know, what does that look like in terms of ministry? Yeah, I think um, they, they, I mean, they have some sort of rubric for it, but essentially it's like less than 1% uh, evangelical or reached. Um, and then uh, you have terms like UPG and UUPG and UPG is, as a people group that they might have some believers, but there's no like active work going on to reach that people and then so you, no active local churches that are right. planting churches and these sorts right. of things yeah yeah and then uupg unreached unengaged people group is nothing there's no believers known in that people group there's no um active work going to reach those people groups um and i mean i just figured as like a single guy like I'll, I'll go and I'll give my life to this and mm. memorand over there. And she was doing the same thing. And the Lord brought us together to go and do this work together and go back together. Yeah. I mean, like the Lord called us both separately before we ever met. And it was kind of neat. We discovered probably a week ago, I was just going through trying to remember like when I went to India or <laughs> yeah, when we both went for the first time. Uh, yeah. to Malaysia and we discovered it was in the exact same year so it was just many years before we even met each other mm. the Lord led both of us overseas to the same place at the same time and kind of put a burden on our heart for working overseas in the same area and then eventually we met in the same place and 
now we're back together with our two kiddos so it's just really cool to see how the lord works and he worked in us separately and then brought us together and yeah it's a unique uh i hadn't considered that but it's unique to sort of have sensed an individual calling to this and never have necessarily navigated i'm obviously you've navigated decisions as a couple i want to ask you about one that you're walking through right now but um just to sort of share that as as a foundation of your marriage and relationship, that's really a, a special thing. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, paint a picture. You know, there's a particular tension with the ministry you're in right now and the particular uh, circumstance on the ground where you serve. And so if you could just paint paint a broad picture for us of of sort of the decision you guys are wrestling with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, South Asia right now, it's, it's kind of all over the news right now. Um, like the the COVID surge in South Asia is like unprecedented. Like for the last six or seven days, like several hundred thousand new cases um, of of people getting new infections of COVID and people dying. And I mean, it's it's a really tough situation there. Uh, and we we actually evacuated about a year ago because of of COVID and a lot of the uh, instability there. And um, we're wrestling now with, uh, with when our family uh, should go back into that, um, whether it be like in a week or whether it be in several weeks or months or, and so we're, we're really wrestling with that, that decision. And it's a tough decision to, to make um, particularly with small kids, um, yeah. and a lot of, and just a lot of unknowns. Um, yeah. I mean, nobody's ever been through this. None of us have been through no, this. No, not at all. And it's strange. I imagine to have come back with the concern of COVID and then now be considering going back in the middle of the greatest surge that, you know, that region has experienced. And so we'll certainly be praying for you guys in that. I can't imagine that's a, that's a challenging uh, decision to make, but be praying for the Lord to give you wisdom and, and, and guidance in that. So, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to also ask uh, just to, if you could just describe the city and the people that you're trying to reach uh, there in South Asia. Yeah, so uh, the area that we are working in uh, has population of 123 million people. Um, it's as South Asia goes, like it's one of the more populated places. Um, it's a majority Hindu, um, with a large minority of Muslims and like a smattering of other world religions, like, Mm -hmm. um, Buddhists, Sikhs, Christians. Um, and as, as, the church goes, I mean, it's less than 1%, like maybe even less than half a percent. Um, and some of that can be uh, like cultural Christianity. They're just kind of counted in like their grandfather was, uh, was a Christian. And so they are kind of just like following in that. Sure. Um, there's about 44,000 villages of varying sizes. Um, and we actually have a goal every year to like our team to pray for each one of those villages. Um, there's 170 UPGs. And we talked about before, like UP, UPG is a, there's very few believers, known believers, and there's some work being done among them. Uh, and there's 39 
UUPGs, unreached, unengaged people groups. And so that, like we said before, that's, that's just in your region. Yeah, that's just in our region. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a, like a small area, but I mean, it's um, probably a couple state sizes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's, um, they're very affluent people all the way down to like, the poorest of the poor pe poorest of the poor people in the world. Yeah. Um, there's just this very wide uh, area and there's like tons of languages. There's probably four or five different language groups in there and different dialects. As you get further into like a village setting, it could be like a totally different dialect. Um, and is that how it typically works where a lot of the effluence is in the city centers? And then as you get further out from the city centers and the villages, it, it becomes more rural, higher poverty. Um, right. and, the, and do you have a, a primary focus then in your ministry of what types, like where in that continuum are you doing, hoping to do most of your ministry? I think uh, as our ministry goes, we kind of, we try working with the local church and as the local churches because there are local churches there um, as those networks kind of lead us to different places. That's where we kind of follow um, the Lord's yeah. lead in those things. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And in, in, in that, is there a particular direction that it has led you in terms of a more affluent city direction or a more uh, impoverished village setting? I think it's gone both ways. Um, hmm. Their opportunities, uh, kind of in, in both areas. Um, yeah. And, and particularly, well, and you can speak to your, Miranda does a lot of, uh, like in the city with, uh, with young ladies or young women, um, yeah. discipling them and like leading them, um, into right. like sharing the gospel, discipling them, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think like different seasons of life will allow like for because when we were both single we would spend a lot more time out in the village where there was just more freedom and flexibility to just get up and go and stay in like a mud hut for two weeks but yeah particularly in the last few years with like small children it would be probably more yeah. likely that cliff would go out with the fellas for like three two or three days and i would sure. be with the kids or Often yep. I would just strap whatever baby was with me or whatever um, yep. and just take yep. them with me to a ladies' training, but most likely in the city. So depending on the season of life, it's like what we can focus on and what connections we have. We kind of just take advantage and use what opportunities are in front of us that we're able to take part in. Yep. But yeah, oftentimes I yeah. would just take the kids with us or do it at our house. There was one particular um training that I really enjoyed which was um henna storying which is where we um would draw basically a bible story in henna on the hand and the ladies mm. would use that basically as a gospel sharing tool they would go out someone right. would say oh that's really pretty and then they yeah. would share the story and ultimately share the gospel so just that's different great. opportunities yeah that's awesome it's same and it, it's interesting to think about that you know, it can be a little bit of both. It can, you can be in the city and you know, dealing with people that live a probably similar lifestyle to many of the members at our church, just in a totally different culture and context and uh, in a totally different, more rural setting too. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. That's great. 
Well, I, and, and that leads me to uh, my last question here is I just want to get, if we could zoom out a little bit and just ask on a broader scale, just to describe, like, what is the team that you're working with trying to accomplish big picture in, in this region? Uh, what would success look like and, and how, how are you trying to, to get there? Yeah, I think that's an important question that, uh, so our, our team vision is essentially, we want to see local ownership of that core missionary task and the core missionary task, meaning uh, entry into new places, evangelism, discipleship, church planting, uh, leadership development, and, and having an exit plan. And so having that exit plan uh, on the beginning side, like our, our desire is for these national brothers and sisters to own the task of the Great Commission for the people that are living around them mm-hmm. so that, that they would feel empowered to enter into either like a new home or a new neighborhood or a new village and own an evangelism tool. Like their, their job is to share the gospel with people and their job is to disciple people and their job is to see new churches planted and their job is for leadership uh, development to happen. And then for them to pass on that, that uh, core missionary task to other people as well. Um, and so it, it goes from like Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth uh, in, a, in, in, in their minds as well, yeah. that they, they take responsibility and ownership of seeing their neighbors uh, and friends and family uh, reached with the gospel, that it's right. Um, that it's it's we're there to uh, catalyze them into that. We're there to help them in that. We're help in to model that. Um, and because we can only learn so much local language, we can only learn so much uh, culture. But someone who's born in that, I mean, that's, they're living yeah. it, they're breathing it, and they're, yeah. they will be more effective in the long run than we would ever be. That's great. Yeah, and so it's intriguing when you think about when I, the first question I asked is, what does success look like? In a sense, it sounds like success looks like you no longer being needed right. uh, in that community. And, you know, I guess a lot of ways you don't necessarily it, it's tempting not to think of it that way right and, and so um yeah so how how do you feel that is going and where do you feel you and the big picture your team is in that process like are you uh encouraged by the the health of those churches are they are they getting to a place of being able to multiply themselves not quite um you know how far away are we from an exit strategy i mean man it's hard to it's hard to feel like that exit is actually attainable um, because of the overwhelming like population. Um, But something that has actually been really encouraging here recently is our team had a meeting and we kind of, we did reports and um, kind of gathering all of our data points together from 2020. Mm -hmm. Most of our team wasn't there like hardly all year or we were in lockdown or whatever. Yeah. Um, but because, I, because of the Lord's sovereignty, like 2020 was the most productive year 
ministry wise mm-hmm. in our team's history. Um, fantastic. And I mean, a lot of that is the training that has gone on in the past um, and the men and women really taking ownership of like, Hey, like we, we do have a job here. Like we do have a responsibility to, yeah. uh, to see our uh, neighbors and friends and family um, reach with the gospel. And like, yeah. 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 Seems like it has a way of clarifying that maybe even when you guys yeah. are out of the picture. Yeah. It was kind of like a proto exit, like catalyzing, yeah. even, like, okay, pretty much everyone's gone. What happens? And it kind of just yeah. emboldened local leaders. So like, it's me, hmm. like I'm, I'm the guy now or the girl, you know? So yeah, it was really encouraging because even now huh. they're more emboldened and they're more encouraged. Like this is my task and I'm going to encourage others and train others. And so it's, yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I could talk to you, I could talk all day with you guys about these sorts of things, but it makes me think of uh, Romans where the Jews were kind of cast out of Rome for five years and then they came back and it created all sorts of different challenges just on the, on the way back in and trying to figure that out. I imagine that, you know, you'll have to navigate those sorts of things and sort of get a sense of what God's done in the last year, year and a half without you being there and sort of trying to figure out where to start. So Keep us posted in that. We want to be praying with you guys along the way, but just want to thank you for taking some time here and just introducing yourselves and your ministry. We love uh, you guys. Uh, we love what you're doing. Uh, we're really grateful the Lord has called you and, and just pray that he would be with you in this in this transition back eventually. And uh, would love to just kind of stay touching base here when we can. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for chatting with us. Hopefully we can meet y'all soon. <laughs> 